Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can demons kill people? Can demons be killed? What are chemtrails? Hello there and welcome to the 379th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those those edgy questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So tonight we're doing an open line show, well, this evening. But uh, before we continue, it's time for our weekly paranormal contest. So last week's question was, in what story by H.P. Lovecraft is the creature known as Vinu, uh, Vunith? Is that yeah. Vunith mentioned. Uh, well, quite a few listeners got that one right, actually. Perhaps not surprising because we're based in Rhode Island and so was Lovecraft. <coughs> Excuse me. The story was a Lovecraft small novel, The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, one of my favorite Lovecraft stories and one of Ben's too, I think. And the winner was Paul Montanaro of Johnston, Rhode Island. All right, so this week's question is, uh, the movie The Mothman Prophecies, uh, Indrid Cold reads the mind of reporter uh, John Klein and uh, tells him where his father was born, uh, what was the name of the city. So be first to get that uh, answer correct and win a copy of Footsteps in the Attic, my dad's most popular book. Just to give you a little background on, on last week's question, because several people asked, uh, The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath was one of Lovecraft's uh, dream cycle uh, so-called stories. Uh, the, the, his, his hero, Randolph Carter, who was a, one of the Boston gentry in the 1910s and 20s, uh, sort of went to sleep and had these amazing dreams, kind of like Ben and I do sometimes, I don't know. And in one of them, he literally uh, sets out on a quest to visit the gods to get them to let him move to this beautiful city he has dreamed about. And he goes through all these adventures. And while he's climbing the slopes of this mysterious mountain at one point in this dream world, uh, he he hears this Vunith creature. And there is no description of what it is, obviously some sort of... Canine, I don't know, but uh, that's where that uh, that word did come from. Anyway, if you ever wanted to call in, an open line show like this is one, is a great time to do so. Uh, numbers locally or from Canada, 401-766-1240. From anywhere in the U.S., 800-449-1240. All right, so now to our emails, which we have, uh, well, we have plenty of emails. i got a big, thick folder here, some, some we've never gotten to. Anyway, this is a question. It's from... Uh, well, I'll just, there's an initial, and then the last name is Rodriguez from Waterloo, Iowa. Ah, yes. Napoleon must be very familiar with this part of Iowa. Um, I guess you didn't get the joke. No, wh- I, what was that again? I said, uh, uh, I was like, oh, water, uh, Waterloo, Napoleon must be very familiar with that part of Idaho. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Well, everybody else is moving there. Why not? Okay, go ahead. It was... Uh, never mind. Hi, Paul and Ben. I love the show. I, I wish it was on every day. Well, oh, thank my you. Lord. I'm fascinated... <laughs> I can't... I don't want this on every work. day. Uh, I'm fascinated by the subject of parasites, and I have never heard anyone talk about them the way you do. It really makes sense. This... Uh, my question is this. I know that you, Paul, have been uh, injured by parasites. Is it possible for them to kill people? And have you ever heard of any cases of this? Well, that's a difficult question, first of all, because it's, it's, it's hard to verify a lot of the stories that might be attributed to parasites. And it's difficult to take 
if one does come to the conclusion that they could kill you. Looking at it strictly from the multiverse perspective, it, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, one of these things could come through and eat New York or something. I mean, it's, there's nothing... You, you wouldn't think that, given the proper ability to move between parallel worlds, that wouldn't be a problem. However, and Ben, you, you can compare... Because you've been in situations with me where there have been parasites, and uh, or, or sometimes on your own, and because we've discussed this off the air, but people would probably like to know wh- what feelings uh, do we have when it comes to these things. In other words, uh, the last time I was really, I might say, semi-seriously hurt by one of these things was uh, in the Bridgeport case of 1974 there have been other times there was one in new hampshire in the early 1990s where one i i no sooner walked through a door when a, a, a big chair came flying through the air and almost hit me came within inches of my head but all those times i got the strong feeling that it was not intentional now i've never gotten any feelings of good intentions from these parasites who are um, if, if for those of you who aren't familiar with them, the reason or or for the the folklore that we have about evil spirits, demons, things of this kind, what what I believe they are after many decades of working in case, in proximity to them at times, is that they are life forms that we do not know much about. They exist. In, uh, they're probably not native to our particular reality, but they can reach in like, almost like an octopus or, or something well, like I that. Well, I feel like it's like this. It's like a farmer just goes out to like his crop and just kills all of it. Just, just, just kills it. Well, why would it. a farmer do that? Exactly. So why would a parasite just kill us? Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Cause we're the food source. They seem to feed on, uh, no, as crazy as this sounds, this is not science fiction. This is what we, st- I started running into. Early on in, in you know the early seventies when I started working in this field and all this this stuff about spirits of the dead and all this business being responsible for paranormal events it just didn't add up it wasn't wasn't good enough as I often say um, there are circumstances uh, as well that that led me to believe that these things are life forms that are again feeding on our negative energy why that is I don't know but they seem to do it they will push buttons and create problems and you hear footsteps and they you think you're being haunted by somebody you know and it's not human at all and it's, it gets very, very entangled and complicated. So, but Ben is right. Why would they kill someone? I have, again, been hurt and there are those who say that you cannot be hurt by this. That's not true. There have been other investigators whom I have spoken with who have also been harmed. There is a case in the Midwest... I believe it was in Illinois, where a an investigator was supposedly killed at one time during, I don't know, I think it was the 1980s. There supposedly is a film based on it. And naturally, these things take on a lot of baggage uh, in the retelling. However, I think that it is possible that people often will, in situations where they're very afraid and they're running or they're in, a, in, in an area that they're not familiar with, that they could very easily be seriously hurt or killed by tripping or falling, or by running out into traffic, or, or, or something like this, because many of these situations can be very frightening. One must keep one's wits about one, and you have to really keep your feet on the ground. But I did, and this is what says, says the most of me, I really did get the impression that the times I have been hurt, it was not intentional. It was kind of like in the wrong place at the wrong time. And there's also the issue, and I brought this up before, that 
you know, Ben, we've talked about this too, that I, I don't often think that a lot of these things are actually caused by the poltergeists. In other words, when the chair flies across the room. Uh, it, it could be not intentional by the poltergeist, but it could be simply caused by the, 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 the fluctuations in space-time and the laws of physics that seem to kind of be disrupted by the electromagnetic fields involved in the crossing of the world boundaries by these things. Now, that's a mouthful to say and to think about, but I think that it's, as, as I often compare it, it's like you know running down a hallway and you, the wind you create knocks the papers off the desk. You didn't yeah. intentionally do it. So I think that a lot of these things may be intentional. I think that it is theoretically possible for one of these things, especially one of these cal- that we talked about last night on our CBS edition, one of these calculating elders or wise, for lack of a better term, species that, I, that I've that I've labeled them, indeed, perhaps to uh, work out some sinister plot in which people might be harmed or killed. But Ben, I think, said it best: Why would they kill their own food source? Well, we kill cattle. And eat them, you know. But that doesn't seem to be what they do. Although I have my suspicions in that direction. Well, it's. I mean, it's. You can live without meat, but it's like. Well, yeah, I know you're. Well, coming from a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, if someone just took like, just went to like a water supply and was like, all right, and just poured toxic waste into it, and was like, all right, no water for anyone ever again. Well, just uh, from a military standpoint, you have to pour an awful lot of toxic waste into a reservoir to pollute it. Well, my my point my, my point is. being is, if we're their source of life then why would they get rid of that source? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, yeah. It just so, doesn't, it just doesn't so make they, sense. They may, the, the, the idea of, of death from these things may be their choice. I find that rather chilling as well. Yeah. But there have been cases where people have, uh, and, and, and not any cases I've ever worked <laughs> on, but people have been uh, supposedly killed, disappeared, or whatever. Now again, that could have nothing to do with the parasites. Well, disappearances could have a lot of other explanations. They could. Uh, th- there are many cases where people have disappeared in front of others, and it's been a multiverse thing. I remember the group in England I talked to, uh, where they were jogging down a street. The person who was in the lead tripped, fell, was never seen again. Disappeared right oh, on the yeah. pavement, never seen again. Yeah. You see, know? the uh, the police I, I had a lot like of trouble buying that story. By the way, I really. I've never heard any any sort of account that says that a parasite could have killed someone. What feelings have you gotten from parasites, especially that one in Maine? I know we were kind of working on different levels there, but maybe sick. Yeah, yeah, they, they they can do that. Yeah, they kind of their presence is very gross. It's very yeah, almost gross, sterile. It's like you know, alien. It it it, it can make you sick. It can turn your stomach. Their their presence. The, you know, their pig pen from the Peanuts cartoons. Yeah. Sort of like that if Pigpen was really, really negative. You should have been in that voodoo ceremony that that priest took me. Oh God, no! Voodoo priest took me to in Haiti. Ugh. Well, you wanted to, you want to be is have your stomach turned by the presence of these things. Anyway, so I think that it is to answer the question here. I think it is possible, but unlikely. I will be going to any uh, Somdi things anytime soon. No, no, you're too sensitive. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yes, I'm not, yes, I'm yes, not I mean, into that sort of stuff. Levels. Okay, uh, this is. Okay, here's one from Marissa in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, okay. Give it to you, Malfoy. Listen to us on the great WOMC in Detroit. All right. So uh, Marissa says to us, uh, great show, especially when you guys talk about parasites, exclamation <laughs> it's point. It's a big subject. Yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, I was wondering 
uh, if they are as physical as you say they are, and can if so, can they be killed, and how? Okay, so here are the opposite question. Can they be killed? <laughs> I would give that a qualified yes. I believe very sincerely they can be killed. Okay, wh- why do I have any indication of that? Now, people think these are demons, spirits, servants of Satan, angels. Well, they're not almighty. Dark angels. No, uh, I don't think they are spirits. I think they are perfectly physical in their own worlds. Uh, the, the example I like to use on two occasions, especially this one in, in Bridgeport in 1974, I had a, a physical altercation with one when I was trying to protect a little girl, mm. and I was unsuccessful, and he, the thing threw her across the room. But I could feel a, a body there. I was pushing against something physical, and I could feel uh, a, a skeletal structure there and and I can't couldn't really identify it at the time I had better things on my mind but I never forgot that experience of the, the physicality of these things in their own worlds I can't imagine what they look like we have several photographs by the way of what I believe are parasites on our website behindtheparanormal.com and it's the talking points page for last night's show and last night uh, on our CBS edition we did uh, an exposition of what we believe is uh, the influence of parasites on human history. There is a question we didn't get to last night. Uh, what was and it? um, it's that, is it possible, and this has been touched upon, there aren't too many people researching this field, but there are a few, and we have had several on the show. Is it possible that our species, and this is an awful thought, was engineered or created specifically to serve the parasites. Did they influence our genetics? Did they put us here somehow? And and, and as one who believes in God, I have trouble with that. But one still must ask the question. Um, We have to ask a lot of questions. the, the, The good things God gives us may be in spite of these things rather than because of them. Yeah. There are indications that the, that we have, we are bigger than this and can overcome it. But, I hate to I hate to give these these parasites more power or 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 influence than they have, but it is a legitimate question. But anyway, to get back to this one about well, I, I wanted to make a comment. I'm sorry, sure, sure. It's not okay. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. No, um, uh, what was my comment? Oh yes. So well, it's not like all power. They're not all powerful. I mean, no, no. Well, that's another thing in the entire paranormal realm. I mean, you know, yeah, you, even with ghosts, you know, you, you you die and you quote pass over and you become like this super being, like protecting. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, I can see there the reasons why. From, it's a nice thought, but it's like, uh, I mean, well, yeah, I don't automatically know everything. And however, looking at a multiverse perspective, you're already in that position. In some of the the parallel lives you're living in your subconscious, you do have. A lot more knowledge than you do here. Why? Because you're really looking at a different perspective. I mean, if you're that makes sense. I just wanted to quote. Um, I, I, all I could think of was time bandits, like towards time bandits. Yeah, I'm the supreme being. I'm not entirely dim. Yes, yes, th- that's right. That I can't well, forget because, the actor's name, but a very good film if you have a chance to see a time bandits, particularly if you like British humor. Well, Some people don't. But. It's so weird. It's such a weird yeah. cast. Sean Connery and like yeah, the interesting cast. You know. Anyway, no. Well, anyway. I, the reason why I brought that up was because. Um, if the supreme being made evil and then evil was like I'm all powerful blah 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 but it wasn't mm-hmm. because you know everything has its place so you, there is a balance and everything has a weak spot that's right that's right that's true 
but and so do parasites, and I think they can be killed. There was one case I had in, in Northbridge, Massachusetts, in 19, um, rather 2002. I think you were 10 years old, and there were several parasites operating, as is often the case, and one of them I noticed very clearly seems to have disappeared. The others, because I've noticed that at times they will fight with one another. Uh, they aren't the nicest of creatures, to say you know, to say the least. And one of them seemed to disappear, and there was a sense of absence, which indicated it just said to me this thing did not just leave on its own. There seemed to be a sense of death there. There have been indications in other cases that enough concentrated energy from us, whether of, of, of in the good sense, prayer, love, uh, love, compassion, directed to each other, can literally starve. A parasite, and knowing them as I do, that that that, that they get really nervous when they uh, are, they they forget their own origins the longer they are attached to us or to our reality. And there were cases in which one one just sort of seemed to fade away, and I believe that it died simply from lack of nourishment, and because uh, it, it was perhaps afraid to go anywhere else, didn't know how to go anywhere else, was attached to a particular piece of land, but could not get any more nourishment out of the people it was trying to farm or, or use. And, of course, people might say, oh, the poor thing. Yeah, well, the, 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 I don't know, if, unless you feel sorry for mosquitoes that carry diseases or things like that. I have trouble sympathizing with these things, although we have had our moments at times. I'm going to get into that. But to answer uh, the question here from Rissa, yes, I definitely believe they can be killed and uh, by starvation, or I think they can be killed by other parasites. Just as any creatures can be. I mean, their society or societies, and there are about nine different species of them, are not compassionate societies. Well, there's other sledgehammer methods too, but we don't need to get on the. Yeah, we don't, there need, are. To get, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, that's true. End. So the answer is yes to that. Which should be only done by skilled professionals. So don't just do no, it. No, th- this is something. Well, the trouble is that they often will attack people who are not skilled professionals, and who are you going to call, you know? Here's one from Al in L.A. I take that's Los Angeles or Louisiana. I'm not or is sure. this his name spelled backwards? What? Al, L.A. Al, L. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Hey, you're, you're, you're sharp tonight. I know, I'm on fire. Sharper than me. I'm, I'm tired. Sharp, <laughs> sharp as an attack. All right. Hi, Paul and Ben. Um, now, this case in Connecticut you talk about is really interesting, especially when you talk about effects on the behavior of the population, driving erratically, hitting trees, etc., uh, you have mentioned uh, what appears to be um, microwave devices in the area, along with strange aircraft uh, flying both high and low. But you never mentioned chemtrails. I'll uh, bet there have been uh, some of those in this uh, behavior scenario, if this behavior scenario is correct. <coughs> well, that's that's a good point, Al, and I'm glad you brought it up because there there have been chemtrail reports in this area and we have not talked about them on the air okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the uh, guy here and say I don't know what a chemtrail is oh okay all right well uh, that that's probably you're, you're uh, echoing a lot of uh, the, the listeners too chemtrails are well simply put when you look up at the sky and you see uh, an airplane flying at great height great yeah. altitude you'll see smoke what looks like smoke coming out. Actually, it's water vapor from the engines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, a contrail. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. A condensation trail, contrail. Yeah. All right. And uh, that's simply the result of supposedly the uh, uh, 
condensation of you know material coming out of the engine at a very high level in the atmosphere where it's extremely cold. Right. All right. Uh, there has been speculation, and this is a, among conspiracy theorists, and we are not conspiracy theorists, though we sometimes wonder about some of the things that go on. Sometimes we don the hat, but yeah, usually no. Usually not. Um, but the chemtrail theorists believe that these are not just water vapor, and that they can be used to seed the human population with various chemicals that can affect our behavior, and that experiments are being or have been performed on the population by means of these things being spread by aircraft. Now, you can think what you want, but that is uh, an opinion among certain conspiracy theorists. I think it's a little bit over the edge, uh, but who knows? You never know. You know, We live in very weird times. It is true that there is some speculation among meteorologists that these things, uh, when, even if they are water vapor, will sometimes be seen to spread if atmospheric conditions are right and literally become clouds and cause rain sometimes. So th- this is an interesting phenomenon, but it's really not the same thing as the, as the government or somebody else, because I don't necessarily think we have to limit this to government. Government may, may be just as much a victim here as we, as we are if things like this go on. Uh, and there we are with, with the idea. So that's what the chemtrail thing is. Oh, that okay. makes sense. All right. Now, the case in Connecticut that has... Uh, now, we were there, and we were doing a pilot for a television show, and we saw a lot of things that I saw in the military years ago or things that looked like microwave transmitters, sensors of various kinds, in wooded areas and farmers, well, you wouldn't think, you know, what do you need these things for? There had been mil- military activity reported in this area, which is uh, essentially, as at least according to Ben and I, a triangle with the, the house that was the original site in the case being one of the points, and uh, the other point being this farm where this military activity was taking place and a, and a third point of the triangle the third point of the triangle being a place where uh, Ben and I had some extremely interesting experiences I really don't want to get into now uh, there and but anyway that that seems to be the situation so yes strange aircraft have been reported black helicopters which supposedly are associated with UFOs UFOs have been reported ghosts grays uh, just about everything but the Loch Ness monster in this area, which is an area where a number of different, in our point, from our point of view, a number of different multiversal things take place. Worlds blend. Uh, realities can be different in certain places. Uh, all the neighbors are noticing this. Uh, we were in the area ourselves, but we did not get to have the town hall meeting we wanted. It was like something was in the way. But we did. Uh, we have done a lot of research there. But yes, there have been chemtrails involved, and if the conspiracy theorists are correct, yes, they may have affected the behavior that we reported, which included people driving in erratic manner, manners, uh, wrong side of the road, inordinate numbers of people one one month. When it came out in the paper that this was happening, people started driving off the road and hitting trees in, in, in inordinate numbers. Last uh, our last report, and we have people in that area who are reporting to us almost daily, particularly one. Uh, there have uh, been inordinate numbers of suicides. You know, th- these are not pleasant affairs. Okay, so anyway, that seems to be it. There could be chemtrails involved, but we just don't know. There have been photographs of them uh, from uh, one of our information suppliers there, and uh, we just are going to um, have to look further into that and see if there's anything to it. In the meantime, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com. 
We'll be right back to continue our emails. Stay with us. Hey everybody, this is the Moose Man. Check out the groove line for the best blues, rock, funk, classic 50s, and the Beatles every single week. Tune in Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. That's the groove line right here on Owen. Owen Radio! Owen Worldwide! Okay, and we have a new development in the Kindle department. Kindle Fire HD from Amazon.com. It's the ultimate HD experience. We've already told you about the Kindle Fire, which is uh, the ultimate in the your reader, the, the electronic reader that you want to have for your books, publications of any kind, newspapers, millions of, of apps and games and movies and everything else you could ever want on your Kindle. But now we have Kindle Fire HD, not only in color but in high definition as well. You can. It's not quite ready yet. You can pre-order it now. Uh, it is 8.9 inches, and it's a 4G LTE for $499, and a 7-inch is only $199, uh, which includes Wi-Fi. So check it out. And, of course, there is the original Kindle, if you're just interested in reading, uh, which is um, only is as low as $119 now, or $79, $179. No, it's $119 now, uh, gone down in price, of course. And you can check that out at Amazon.com or at Staples. And as I always say, you can get four of my books over the Kindle. And that is uh, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghost, and Human Destiny. Or if you live here in Rhode Island or are just interested in the, the history of our interesting little state, check out Rhode Island, A Genial History by Paul F. Eno and Glenn Laxton at AmazonKindle.com or Amazon.com or Amazon Kindle. Check it out. Okay, let's go back to our emails now. And this one is from um, Helen in Ocala, Florida. All right, so Helen writes, so, Hi, Paul and Ben. Can parasites actually can parasites appear as actual human beings? Uh, you said that they are physical creatures. Okay, that's another very good question. Our that's a really hard uh, concept to get your mind around, isn't it? Uh, yeah, however, uh, I think that there is a lot of evidence that they can do this. Uh, there have, I've always said that the more they are in our world, the more physical they can be. Uh, whether they have the, and I think some of the older or more advanced species may have the ability to appear to be people on the street or whatever. Now, again, because the danger of this is, you know, somebody you don't like, aha, must be a parasite, or you can really get crazy with this. So you have to, again, always keep your feet on the ground. But the possibility is there. Have I ever run into this? Well, I don't know. I think I suspect that perhaps there are possibilities in that direction. Yeah, how would you even know? What about what about the man, the men in black? I was actually going to say that, but I didn't want to sound crazy. So, well, no, I mean. The, the Men in Black phenomenon, and there have been two rather silly movies made with that theme. Three. Three? Yeah, they, oh, they, made, they made a third one a few months ago. All right, ago. well, okay. They, uh, yeah, you're the movie guy. But the, the thing is that, that these Men in Black supposedly show up after UFO incidents, some UFO incidents, and will intimidate people who have spoken to the press, uh, will be polite, but advise them that this is not a good idea. But apparently from some reports, they don't just walk into your house. You have to let them in. Yes, and that's rather interesting, I suppose. Indeed. Well, so I, I've known people who have been accosted on the street by them. They seem to drive black Cadillacs and literally wear black suits. 
What's really interesting is that they don't, in some cases, reports have that they don't seem all that familiar with human behavior. I'm thinking particularly of the Mothman incident. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. And there have been other cases as well where people claiming to be from the Air Force will show up but have their insignia in the wrong places on their uniforms. Uh, There will be the men in black will show up and they, they will not take their sunglasses off in your house, for example. Uh, they will be curious about the most simple day-to-day items like, you know, pianos or little things. And, and it's, I, I know at least two occasions where one uh, asked to if they could keep a pen and another one wanted to keep an ashtray uh, as, as just to take with them as if it was some kind of souvenir. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but the question is, these certainly could be multiversal people. Excuse me, but I need your ashtray. <laughs> yeah, well... Something like, yeah, and they would seem all happy. Uh, but but I, does that mean they're parasites? There are parasite parallels with UFO phenomena, in my opinion, many times. And some people are kind of studying that as well. I'm thinking of some of our guests who have talked about this. So um, I think it, it might be very possible that certain very adept parasites might be able to appear as human beings. Now, what was it? Three weeks ago, um, or four weeks ago, someone sent us pictures from Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. what they said were parasites literally walking down the street. All right. Now, they were not visible to most people, but he and his girlfriend could see them, so he said. And he sent us these photos. Those also are on the Talking Points page at BehindTheParanormal.com for that show, which was about a month ago. It's right below the, the photographs we have of what we believe are parasites. As well. So, again, I think it is entirely possible. Have I ever encountered it? Possibly. I don't really know. I've encountered a lot of, you encounter a lot of strange people in this field. Now, remember, of course, there are plenty of human parasites as it is. We all know people who literally, you know, they walk into a room and they just drain all the energy. You know, sort of human, you know, vampires, psychic vampires, as, as it were. People who just drain your energy and take, 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 and you feel drained. And so, I, that's why. Yeah, they can be entirely human, and uh, I would not put these in the classifications of paranormal parasites. It's just one of those things that goes on with human interaction. So I'd have to give a qualified yes to that. All right, here's one from Gwendolyn in Ocala, Florida. Yes, Gwendolyn has written over the years. And this is um, Monsters of the, of the Id, she's saying. Id, as in as in Freud. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say yeah, the id, the ego, and super ego. Yeah, I, I was id I wasn't, being the lowest I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like something else, and I was like, oh, great, cousin id. Uh, dear Paul and Ben, do you remember an old sci-fi show called The Forbidden Planet? Uh, sci-fi film called The Forbidden Planet. Yes, and it was terrible. In this story, I, I because know. of the at- the atmosphere of the newly colonized planet, the nature of the human psyche, all of the greatest fears of the colonists. Uh, were being created by the colonists. Uh, Monsters of the Id uh, were the stars of the show. As, as it was explained, the electromagnetics of the planet made it fertile for uh, monster building with our minds. Uh, proceeding with with this uh, train of thought, do you think that it is possible that the fireman, policeman, and yourself lifted the refrigerator in the uh, bridge po- in uh, Bridgeport? and that you yourself attracted the chair and TV, uh, that 
even the EVPs and orbs are projections of ourselves. Uh, do you want to take this a little bit at a time? Yeah, uh, th- that's a very adept question, a very good question. Did we possibly cause it ourselves? There has been some speculation that many of these phenomena could be projections of ours. I know that even on, the, on these, uh, you know, the TV shows and all the goofy stuff that goes on on the tube, there has been some speculation that when someone will have, say, a thermometer, some one of the feral ghost hunters or whoever, and they'll say, okay, spirit, uh, raise the temperature in the room, and the temperature in the room goes up, or lower the temperature, or, or, or talk into this thing and give us an EVP, you know, uh, electro, electro, uh, electronic voice phenomena, you know, recording of a so-called spirit voice and all this stuff. There has been some speculation that maybe it is the people who are asking the questions who are unconsciously causing the phenomena. That runs back to the whole idea of the old, the old well, I guess even the current parapsychology approach to poltergeists, that whoever is the victim of the poltergeist is actually causing it, putting out all this energy that forms into this thing almost on its own, and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do this. I think that needs to be considered. All I can say is, I've been there, done that, and from my personal perspective, I was very aware of and but the, the, of the presence of these entities at certain times. This is another thing. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. When furniture was flying around, or when that TV was flying at me, or when that poor child was being thrown across the room, uh, no, no, that, no that, that last one I'll leave out of this list. Uh, usually, I did not feel the presence of any kind of entity when those things were. It was more the there was just raw energy, much as I just described. But when the child was attacked, I was it was it was I I had a physical altercation with the thing. It was trying to get around me. It did, and it threw the. It, then there was, but it, in most other cases where things were moving around, including the refrigerator, I did not feel the presence of an entity. No, so the Hutchison effect. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I've even ever talked to you about this, and I never. No, no, you've never actually. Even came I, up. This is the first time I've ever heard this. Jeez, we live together. We don't even. Talk about okay. I don't know. It just never so came I thank up. Gwendolyn for bringing this up. It's an important point. However, I still fall back on uh, uh, my preferred theory of of why that refrigerator lifted itself up or why many of these other things occurred when entities did not, at least to my sensibilities, did not seem to be present, was the residual raw energy. Okay, And we may have sparked it, spurred it, prompted it, but I just don't think we caused it. Okay. We have a caller. We have a call. You didn't. You, you hit the. Hello. Oh, hello. You're there. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to be behind confident the in my abilities, I, Father. I'm sorry. I always second guess you. I'm sorry. Hi, Bill. So, Bill from Franklin. Oh, very good. How are you doing, uh, B- uh, Bill? Uh, yeah. Yeah, very good. But welcome to the show. Again. Um, you, you're talking about Men in Black. I always remember. Uh, did you see that uh, Dan Aykroyd? Uh, I think he did on, on UFOs. I didn't see that. I don't watch an awful lot of TV. I suppose I should. But yep. I suppose it's plausible deniability. People say, you saw that on TV. I know I didn't. At the, at the very end of that, after he was all through doing it, um, he walked out of the building, and there was a, there was a giant limousine with, with some guys watching him the whole time. No kidding. Oh, come to think of it, I think I did hear something about that. And he, and he said the, uh, the, the, the limousine drove to the end of the street, and it was a dead-end street, and it 
and it disappeared and never came back. I've heard that sort of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that raises the question, what are these guys? You know, uh, could they be parasites? Could they be interdimensional guys who just aren't familiar with the way we do things? Um, I, I think all, all of the above could be possible. What, what do you think? I don't know. I don't think it's normal people, I don't think. Well, you know, they certainly don't act that way. No, no. they don't. Uh, but but so, Dan Aykroyd really knew knew a lot about that stuff. He seems to have done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we ought to uh, try and get him on the show. That would be interesting. Wait, seriously? Oh, we're working on Shirley MacLaine. Why can't we get Dan Aykroyd? Uh, I have to ask him about the great outdoors. <laughs> But yeah. you made me think of that when, when when you're talking about Men in Black. Yeah, it does, and uh, they're they're still seen. I mean, this has been going on really since the beginning of the modern UFO age in 1947. You know, uh, with the, the Kenneth Arnold sightings, and uh, people these they've been turning up here and there. Uh, other th- and it's not just Men in Black in Cadillacs. That Men in Black in helicopters and or just sort of showing up on oh, yeah. foot. So uh, it's a big mystery, and, and we have had one or two shows on this. We'll have to look into it further. It's just I, I've never encountered them that I know of. I've encountered government agents near Area 51 who were none too friendly. But uh, I've been I've been talking about what I see, you know, to you and, and Joe, and that's about it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Joe, Joe always had his story. I always uh, thought Joe, Joe. And we're talking about Joe Ferrier, the yeah. uh, a very dear friend who recently passed, he's, who was a host of the show. One. He's the one who got, got me calling talk shows. Otherwise, I never called talk shows. <laughs> well, you're always welcome here. Indeed. Uh, but um, okay, well, no the things to think about, and, and thank you very much, Bill. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. So um, yeah. So again, the Men in Black. But uh, so, how are we doing with um, Gwen's? Uh, uh, we're about halfway through. If okay. I want to finish it. All right. So she continues on to say, uh, "We believe what we want to believe." You said that yourself. Yep. Uh, the Exorcist movie helped create some of the greatest monsters in people's minds. We have uh, great untapped power here in our heads. Uh, the reason that there are so many suicides is that we are not being taught how to use the the uh, wonderful being that we the wonderful being that we are. Uh, the media the media's of our society block our uh, every avenue uh, to find our way to the power of our conscious selves. Okay. Sorry, every so often I think I, I think the phone's ringing, but it isn't. It's just something in my head. I don't know what it is with this building, but I always think the phone's ringing. Anyway, so aside and uh, in addition to the multiverse theory, isn't uh, this another possible misappropriation of uh, our mind's power through ignorance, therefore, thereby creating fear, thereby creating monsters of the id? Uh, thank you for unveiling your knowledge and your uh, wherewithal connections to us uh, or to help us get there despite whatever problems may have uh, had had that tried to stop uh, tried to stop okay. her. And, yeah, that, that yeah. good. Anyway. Well, th- thank you, Gwendolyn, for some excellent questions. And of course, the, the, the final question being, are these things coming from our own minds in one way or another? Not necessarily meaning depends they're not real. It depends on who real. you talk to. It depends on who you talk to. Or are they independent entities? That's a question I asked myself from day one. Well, I suppose uh, it's both. Well, the question is, what what uh, particularly with, with with psychokinesis, the the moving of objects by invisible means or whatever you want to call it, uh, that's a big question. I was involved in some experiments in my salad days, where people were in labs and they were only there were people who were able to move really not nothing heavier than a pencil. They would, you know, I saw somebody roll roll a pencil across. And this is this was a renowned psychic, 
But lifting refrigerators, uh, suspending the laws of physics to that degree, I think you've got to have some sort of multiversal energy involved. You've got to have world boundaries crossing. You've got to have a physics environment where that's possible. Well, I, I don't think it comes from our own mind, well, I although believe, I think we can manipulate the, the boundaries. I that, believe that the power of faith, it's, it's extremely powerful. Faith is an extremely powerful thing, but I don't think that believing that there's something there would just blow this whole building up. I mean, if I think there's a bomb downstairs and this place blows up, I don't think I blew the place up by having a fear that the bomb is there. Funny you should bring that up because Project Stargate and other military pro- military psychic warfare projects are ch- very chilling concept. There were experiments to see if people could, at a distance, ignite flammable material, cause explosions, see what the enemy was doing. Oh, yeah. This kind of thing. So all these things are possible. I can only speak from my own experience. And uh, Ben, I think you have a point. But again, it comes down to the motto of this show, everything we know is wrong. We don't really really know know. anything. All right? And the the longer you get into this, you, you find some answers, but they lead to other questions. I see what she's trying to say. In saying that, well, parasites come from our own heads, maybe. Yeah, the monsters of the id. But the thing but does is, does that mean they're not real? Yeah, I don't think that. I don't. I don't think that's true. I mean, if the, if this stuff's been around forever, and she only mentions the Exorcist and how yeah. that could have created all these monsters in people's heads, but there's stories of that going back to the beginning of civilization. Well, I think the important lesson from what Gwen writes here is that. We need to take personal responsibility for us, you know, before we go blaming parasites or yeah, we need to look at ourselves, politicians or whatever for our own problems. We have to look in the mirror and take responsibility for our own lives. Yeah, when you do that, I think it gives you a certain strength, and that could be the essence of the inner strength that, that maybe she's talking about. But. Um, there are plenty of things we can blame on the parasites, but again, we must look at ourselves first because we have power, as she says, to overcome these things. I believe that because I've seen it yeah. again and again. And it's a simple power. It's it's respect, which is the, the foundation of love. Indeed. And that's how you overcome parasites. There's nothing they can do to us that uh, we can't fight you know, or overcome. Yeah, we and they be. know it. Yeah. And we're one, one of their noxious. tactics is to, you know, get you going so that you think they're more powerful. We're a rather tenacious species. We are. So thank you, Gwen, for those very thoughtful comments. And uh, right in any time. Okay, here's um, this is one that a uh, little bit long, but we might as well get get started with it. Uh, I, it's from First of Chris. All, did we read it already? No. Okay, you sure? Yeah, it came in like last week. Oh, all right. Because usually I was like, if they're really long, maybe we read it already. Oh, right. Yeah, we have to watch out for that. Uh, I need to be better record keeper on that. Okay. Uh, again, it's from Chris. Uh, does not say where he's from. It came in in just a standard. Actually, it came in on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, then. yeah, we do have a Facebook page if you're into that behind the paranormal. With all right. Uh, dear Paul, you have uh, given me an answer to something that happened to me about 30 years ago. Something that has been a big question, uh, question mark in my life. At least it is, at least is, uh, the closet to an answer that I have found. Uh, or the closest, sorry. Duh. My mild dyslexia is kicking in. Um. You were on a YouTube cast of Coast to Coast and talked about the multiverse. I am so glad you did, and I am so glad I was led to listen. 
Uh, you said there are multiple... Uh, multiverses where we are different people in different circumstances, and I guess different times or civilizations. If it is possible to cross-connect with another me, uh, quote-unquote me, uh, elsewhere, uh, then I believe it happened to me. Uh, Not by me, but from somewhere else to me. I was driving my car, and all of a sudden I was looking... Looking, I was looking in wonder at the stoplight. In my head, uh, for just a just that bit of time, I was thinking to myself, "So that's what a stop. That is what stoplights look like." In that instant, I had never seen a stoplight before. I was shocked at what was happening, and apparently shocked my visit. Uh, apparently shocked my visitor out. Um, uh, was she surprised to see that I noticed? At any rate. I have wondered and wondered how slash where that came from. It never happened again uh, that I am aware of, but it got me thinking out out of the box and has led me up and down some strange ideas about time and space. A temporary side slip seems to be the best-guess scenario right now. I now wonder if we are all interconnected on different levels of consciousness, perhaps uh, mostly so deep that <clears throat> Excuse me. That uh, most most never yeah, that most never can be afraid of another eye. What? Um, but if there is a connection, is it possible that when one is looking to expand their understanding, it bleeds over into another self? Could one me get a whole new uh, get a whole row of me's looking for answers to uh, questions that we never knew existed? Uh, that would eventually lead to a whole uh, multi-universal self going forward in understanding. The one who visited me must have known uh, what she was doing and uh, been doing it on purpose. Why? I don't know. I I guess for the same... Right, well, well, when, when, are we, when are we take it from, from there? All right. Well, it only, he literally only has like two more sentences. I think it's a she. Go ahead. She literally only has two more sentences. I don't know. Okay. Why I don't know, blah blah blah, and it it was I that was ta- talking in my head. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you. I don't know if you have speculated on that possibility before or not. Thank you for your program, Chris. Well, All right, you. let me say something first. Please, I'm <laughs> sorry, go right ahead. All right, you can do the whole show yourself in two weeks. So I know I, I, need practice. I won't be here. All right, I need some practice. Okay, <clears throat> so. The only problem I have with that statement is the word uh, is the use of the pronoun me and I and pretty much any pronoun used in there because it's not about me and it's not about I it is about us it is not different levels of consciousness it is the same consciousness and with that we are all connected and therefore technically if you want to get into it we are all connected and can be the same person so at any point in time I could switch with you or a guy across the city who's listening to this, hopefully listening to this, or if not, he's listening to something else or doing whatever, or switch over to whatever, because I often have had moments like this where I'm like, wow, that's what I look like, or wow, my hair's that long, or wow, my hair's falling out, or other th- <laughs> or other things like that, and I'm pretty sure we've all had those kinds of moments. There's a psychological term for that. I wish I could think of it. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking moments about. Moments of uh, awareness, heightened awareness. Yeah, so... Yeah. It could also be that, well, psych- psychology is a pseudoscience, so I don't really care for it. Mm. Any hoodles. So, the whole point that I'm trying to make is to make one go into a, to step forward into a multiversal self, you must step forward with everybody else. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I think that that's well put. It's it's hard for us in this society to release the idea of the I. Yeah. The pronouns you cited particularly. Because we have this sense of self-reference that we think is everything, that we think is ourselves. But ourselves are, and she, she touches on this here, um, that we are, the idea that we were always talking about, so to answer her question, yes, we're always, we're always thinking about this, what she's talking about, and we're always thinking about how it works and how you can use it. To me, uh, my whole career in paranormal research has led to the, to the conclusion that we're not dealing with uh, a spirit world versus a material world. We're, we're dealing with billions upon billions, probably an infinite number of parallel worlds where all possibilities exist. This is speculated about in great detail in, in quantum physics. And the idea came up probably around 1957 with the uh, Hugh Everett's theory and has led to much uh, speculation and a certain amount of proof since then. My quote-unquote proof comes from, and Ben's too, comes from being in the trenches and dealing with paranormal phenomena and saying, aha, multiple worlds is the best way to explain all this stuff. Ghosts are not spirits of people, because how can you be you without your body? You have to be a whole... They're people going about their day in different parallel worlds, in um, where maybe even the physics are a little different. So this gets all into everything we've talked about tonight. So so that, that's what this is about. question is, what does it mean for you? We have infinite numbers of worlds. Well, do you have a place in those worlds? Yeah. There is all kinds of evidence from our work and from the work of many other people that we exist in many of these worlds. But the question that is is prompted by many of the letters we receive, such as such as this one from Chris, is: Are they separate me's? Are they separate you's in these other worlds? Well, no, no, no. We we don't believe that they are. We believe that it's one big you, and ultimately one big us. And you look, and we always say that we believe the ancients and the most, our most remote ancestors knew about this. One of the ideas in the African notion of Ubuntu is everything I do affects you, everything you do affects me, because essentially we're one person. Gospel of Matthew. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. In Greek, the original language, it says, at least the oldest copy that I know about, Love your neighbor because he is yourself. A little bit different there. The self, as we understand it, does not exist. With all due respect to the founders of the country and the authors of the Bill of Rights, uh, the individual does not exist. It is We are unique expressions of each other. So yes, as you grow spiritually... As you meditate, as you pray, I think the essence of what you're trying to do is to find your whole self in all these worlds, because that's your that's where your subconscious is. I think these worlds you're not conscious of, lives you're not conscious of, constitute your subconscious. And in the quest for this, you find God. You are not God, but you are, but you are, <laughs> you know, in a way. It's uh, that's something for another show. But yeah, I think the experience... Let's not get into the topic of theosis now. No. Uh, the, the, the whole idea of what Chris is talking about is a common experience, I think, for all of us. It's not to be feared, but it is to be controlled. 
Many people I worked with in psychiatric hospitals were diagnosed schizophrenic because they were experiencing other worlds and didn't know how to keep their feet on their ground in this one. And it's an important thing to do. Again, topics for other shows we've already done and for future shows. But thank you, Chris. I think you have uh, your understanding what's really happening here. No need to be afraid. Indeed. What a good email to end the show with. So let's get to some announcements uh, before we run out of time here. So um, this is going to be our last show before my dad and I leave for England. And uh, our public appearance in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England on Saturday, September 22nd. We will present a program on exploring the paranormal with CBS Paul and Ben Eno, or CBS Radios, uh, Paul and Ben Eno, excuse me, at the Grove House Hotel uh, from 7 to 11 p.m. And I believe that a few tickets are still available at the price of 15 pounds per person. So that includes a full full buffet, courtesy of the hotel, and profits will benefit local children's charities in eastern England. So... Uh, this event will take place in the highly active area of um, the highly active paranormal area, I should say, of the famous Rendlesham UFO incidents of 1980. And Larry Warren, eyewitness to the events, co-author of the book Left at Eastgate, plans to be with us that evening as well. So, for more information and to buy tickets, visit www.spaceportuk.com/events, or just go to our website www.behindtheparanormal.com and look for the link to our look for the link to that site under What's New on our page. And don't forget, you can always get a free podcast of all our shows. We have about we have over three hundred or four hundred now. So finally, my dad and I will be featured speakers at the All Hallows Eve Psychic Fair at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island, on Sunday, October twenty eighth. Watch for more info on those events at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And stay tuned for news of Necronomicon Providence, the H.P. Lovecraft convention set for August twenty third. 25th, 2013 in Providence. We'll be keeping you updated on that as we go. And again, our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can buy my books, check up on guests, past, present, and future, and get all those podcasts Ben was mentioning. Uh, so many thanks to our producer, Ben himself, and next week's show will be a rebroadcast because of our trip. So we won't see you live until Monday, September 24th, when Ben will welcome our good friend Bill Burns of UFO Hunters. I have another commitment that day, so plan to call in and keep Ben and Bill company. Yeah, because, you know, I can't talk for an hour straight. I could try, though, but you'd probably get really bored. All right, so on a regular <laughs> CBS radio edition on September 16th and uh, uh, September 23rd in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, they will be rebroadcasts. Okay. Well, we'll leave you this evening with a thought from American author Kurt Vonnegut. If I should ever die, let this be my epitaph. The only proof he needed for the existence of God was music. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.